This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes and now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So Earning can help you access the money you've already earned at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. So for our listeners, all you need to do is download Earn In today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust member FDIC. This is the Shameless Mom Academy episode 730. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 730. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, shameless moms. Happy Monday. We're going to talk about haters today. I'm kind of excited. I mean, I don't know if you should be excited to talk about haters, but I kind of am. I think because there's so many ways that we get in our own way when it comes to our thoughts, ideas, speculations, internalizations of the people that dismiss us, diminish us, underestimate us, talk smack about us, all the things. And I think it's pretty juicy to dig into it all because it doesn't only call into question other people's behavior, but it also calls into question what we're willing to stand for and also who we're allowing to give energy and bandwidth to in our lives. It's funny, Vinny came home the other day talking about something that had happened at school and he was going on and on about how he felt like someone had treated him poorly. And it was kind of like your typical... 10 year old boy playground stuff. <laughs> and so like, I listened for a long time. And then I was like, okay, like, we've talked it out. I've heard you. I understand this felt unfair and unkind. I got it. And then he just kept going and going. And like two hours later, he was 
still talking about it and still pretty worked up. And I finally was like, Vinny, you are really giving this other person a lot of power right now. And this is what we do when people doubt us, when people talk about us, whether it's in front of us, right to our faces, whether it's behind our backs, whether it's we don't even know for sure that it's happening, but we suspect it's happening. We let it take up so much space. We let it be so noisy that it often gets in our own way and allows us to stay in our own way as we kind of spin out and ruminate and sometimes catastrophize around other people's voices, other people's opinions, other people's stuff and junk that we let influence us sometimes in really big ways. So I'm excited to dig into this because I think it's important that we recognize sometimes how we let this happen and how detrimental it can be and how we can often stand in the path of it and decide to like draw a line in the sand and be like, yeah, no more. <laughs> like Your voice does not have value in my life, whether it's in just like a really temporary situation or maybe it's like, an, you know, more in an, of an ongoing like relationship where you are maybe choosing to not allow that relationship to be in your life anymore. If your voice has value, which your voice does have value, and you're using it as an agent to heal yourself and to help others, as I know so many of you do, it's your job to be aware of the external noise that you allow to inform your thoughts and your beliefs and your actions. And so you have to know that there will be people who don't believe you, who don't believe in you who downright oppose you, who say you are not who you say you are, who diminish you, who dismiss you, who disrespect you, who doubt you. And those people will try to make you feel small. And they will also try to rock your confidence when it comes to your voice, your power, your credibility. And you kind of get to decide to what extent you will allow that to happen. So you must know who you are and what you stand for. And this goes for, you know, I've had to deal with this in kind of higher profile ways because of the work that I do. But this goes for no matter what roles you're standing in in your life at any given time. This goes for the way that you let people treat you inside your own house and in your community and in your workplace and in your extended family. And so this is important kind of no matter who you are and what you do and how loud your voice might be in any given capacity. Because in every person's life, we take up a certain amount of space and we hold space in all sorts of layers of relationships where it's important to be aware of this. When others rock your confidence, you will have to look inward to identify what is true. And so you've probably been in that situation where someone has said something or done something and all of a sudden your confidence is just like shaken. And this has happened to me as someone who feels pretty confident and self-assured. And I get really mad when it happens because I'm like, no, wait, but like... I'm confident. I'm like, how dare you shake my confidence? But you have to look inward and identify what is true. And sometimes it's identifying what is true in a situation and recognizing like, oh, shoot, like I screwed up and I need to make amends. I need to apologize. I need to make something better. And other times it's looking inward to be like, I know what is true here and I'm not going to put up with that. And I actually didn't do anything wrong. I don't owe anyone an apology and I deserve to go like live my life in this way. And after you look inward and identify what's true, then you look outward to remember who is looking up to you to stand in your power and stand in your voice. And when you stand up and speak up, you oftentimes are standing up and speaking up for them. 
So this certainly goes for your children, right? Like when you decide to stand up and speak up on anything, it is modeling that for your kids, regardless of whether or not they, you know, literally see you doing it in the moment or not. It's doing that for other women around you. If you are a person of color, it's for other people of color around you. If you're a person that holds any sort of marginalized identity, it is doing it for all the other people that maybe can't do that in the same way that you can, that maybe don't have the same safety that you have, that don't have the same privilege or resources as you. So whenever you do stand in your voice, stand in your power and stand up and speak up, you're always doing it first and foremost for yourself as it should be, but also for your children and also for other people in whatever communities you hold power in that will be looking to you to notice that this is how it can be done. This episode is supported by Mysteries About True Histories, a podcast for your kiddos. So from the creators of the hit podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild comes the adventurous world of mysteries about true histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs, making learning cool. This podcast is perfect for ages six and up, and new episodes drop every Thursday, each stacked with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. I love a show where, as a parent, you're like, hey, let's listen or watch this or whatever, and your kids are thinking they're like getting extra device time or what have you, and you're like, they're learning right now. So it feels like such a big win. So I want you to go check out Mysteries About True Histories wherever you listen to podcasts. You can tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you're listening to this podcast. So go check out Mysteries About True Histories to listen in and have some fun with your kid while they learn today. This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray, literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived, put it on his toe before he went to bed. And the next morning he was like, mom, my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients, active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family. So to get your own active skin repair, go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20% off your order when you use the code shameless. That's activeskinrepair.com. Use the code shameless for 20% off your order. Activeskinrepair.com, code shameless. So before we dig deeper, I want to categorize the haters. So haters is a pretty broad term. And sometimes 
the word haters, you know, it might be people who are being like really blatantly, disgustingly disrespectful. And then then it might be like women who are gossiping about you at the coffee shop. Like it can really be a whole spectrum of things and behaviors. So I'm not going to get totally into all of the things that this could look like, but I do want to kind of categorize what different kinds of people or categories of people might be within the haterverse. <laughs> the hate, is it haterverse? Haterverse? Within the haterverse. So the first is the people who will hate you to your face. They will disrespect you. They will be dismissive, diminishing, doubtful of you, toward you, with kind of a general skepticism about their support or belief in you. Or it might be like a blatant disregard, you know, or a blatant like, you know, lack of support or blatant disbelief in you. But oftentimes it's kind it can be like somewhat skeptical, like it can be a rolling of the eyes, it might be like a little bit quiet. It might be something that you sense more than you see initially. And that can look like a million different things, but it can just have this tone of like disrespect, a tone of dismissiveness, and it's often a tone of diminishing. And so sometimes it's like playful banter where you're like, hmm, like that just didn't feel good. Like it was supposed to be funny, but it was kind of like biting. So oftentimes haters are not super blatantly disrespectful because let's also be really clear that like a lot of haters are not super courageous. And so they're oftentimes not as bold to be like boldly disrespectful or blatantly disrespectful. It can be more like being diminishing in different ways where you sometimes don't notice it till after the fact. And then you're like, hold on, wait a minute. Like that just felt weird or gross or off. That didn't make me feel right. And sometimes you can't pinpoint it. And then you're like, wait a minute. Like, I think they were putting me down or I think they were like taking me to task or saying that I'm not who I say I am or like, doing something that was maybe even like seemed a little bit playful or jestful. And you're like, no, that was actually kind of gross. So that's like the first category is people who are to your face, they're doing things, even if you can't totally pinpoint it, like it is in front of you. Then there's the people who do it behind your back. They're hating behind your back. So that's talking behind your back. This is gossiping. This can be a million different things because there's endless scenarios in which this could happen, but it's not to your face. In fact, these people might be really nice to you, to your face. They might be really kind. They might even like, you know, carry on like your great friends, or if it's family members, they might show support in different ways. But then there's some stuff happening behind your back that is in opposition to the way that they're showing up in front of you. The third category would be the people who think you're too much or too big for your britches. And they might do it in front of you or behind you. So they could like, you know, overlap with one of the first two categories for sure. And oftentimes this happens, this category of people show up after you have demonstrated a desire or an aptitude for growth. So you've either said that like you want to go do something new and they're like, "Mm, I don't know about that. Or you've started doing the new thing and they're noticing that you're growing and their insecurity about themselves comes into question, whether consciously or unconsciously, and it creates space for them to treat you poorly. So likely your confidence around growth is making them uncomfortable with their lack of confidence. Your security and sense of self compromises their security and sense of self. 
So oftentimes when people, and this happen, has happened to me multiple times as I've grown businesses where I get comments on the things I post on social media or just kind of the, how much space I take up on social media, using my voice in different ways, using my platform in different ways, having my hands in different things, going for big projects, sharing things publicly, seeming like I'm being braggy, like all those different things. Those can definitely be things where people who lack confidence, lack security, lack a strong sense of self are going to make comments, again, either to your face or behind your back, maybe to other people to be like, hmm, and look at her go. Who does she think she is? There she is doing another blah, 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 blah. Like, So this can happen um, in many, again, many different contexts as well. And then the last category of haters is the ones that you create in your head. So the last category of haters is actually people who you create stories around that might actually not be true. And this is a really interesting category because I'm venturing to guess that you are assuming that there are people in your life who are spending a lot more time thinking about you than they actually are. And I'll use my 10-year-old again as an example. He was telling me the other day about some stuff that was happening at recess and he was going on and on about like this person thinks this and that and the other thing about me and this person thinks this and blah, blah, blah. And like all these people that have all these thoughts about him. And I was like, Vinny, like all due respect, I don't think anyone's thinking about you that much. <laughs> and I think sometimes we have to remind ourselves that. So sometimes when we are maybe a little shaky in our own confidence or our sense of self, or we know that there's certain people that just tend to be gossipy or spin up stories or whatever, we make assumptions that like they're doing that about us. And the reality might be that they're really not spending any time thinking about you. Like they have plenty of other things to think about. And then which was my point with Vinny. I'm like, I promise you, all those 10 year olds that you think are spending all this time thinking about you every day, they're spending all that time thinking about themselves. Like they're just like you, all they think about is themselves. <laughs> And so that can be really helpful in terms of like spinning up stories and the best, like funniest example where my mom called me out on this years ago, I was going to be in a wedding and I was like all up in arms about how the dress fit me. And I was like, mom, like everyone's going to see and it doesn't fit right and blah, blah, blah. And I it, the alterations were all weird. And she's like, honey, I promise you, no one's there to look at you. <laughs> like, this is not about you. And so sometimes this reminder that like, people are not spending that much time thinking about you. <laughs> and so there's that category of people. Now, that's not to say that sometimes you think this and you're like, oh, I don't know, maybe this person's saying something nasty about me and maybe they are. But sometimes we do create stories in our heads. And I've done this where I've gone to someone to be like, hey, like, I feel like this thing might be happening behind my back. And then they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so like, either they're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Or they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like, that's so not the case. And I think you read this wrong. And here's how it might have come across wrong. And then they're apologetic. And then I'm apologetic. And it's all like, it's all a big, huge, weird thing. And then I'm self-conscious because I'm like, oh, wow. Like I had this whole story in my head about how they were spending so much time thinking about me and they weren't. They are living their life just like I'm living mine. So those are the categories of haters. And those are, you know, how that might show up. And so as you were listening to me share that you were probably able to attach some names and faces in those categories where you're like, yep, that is exactly who so and so is in my life, or that is who this person is, or I've had that been in that scenario or situation before. So when you were in that situation, when you're in that scenario, where there is a person or people who you know, are being dismissive, doubtful, disrespectful, diminishing of you, of your work, of what you're going after. 
and it's taking up space in your life, what does that look like for you? So I know for me, it looks like being anxious, overly conscientious. It looks like me starting to doubt myself. It looks like me self-editing for those people at the expense of creating for the people who really need my work. So what that can look like is if I am worried about someone in particular in my life listening to a certain podcast episode, because I'm worried about what they're going to think, then I might not give you all my all because I'm worried about like, well, but what if this one person listens? And what if they doubt something I'm saying? Or what if they're dismissive of this thing that I'm saying? So then I don't bring the other many thousands of you that listen to the episode, the best work that I can bring you because I'm keeping track or thinking of just that one person. This can also look like losing sleep at night. It can look like interference in the way that you show up and parent or the way you communicate in your marriage. It can just look like a lot of distraction because you're letting this one person take up a lot of space. And this can happen if you have like a really toxic relationship at work, toxic relationship with a family member. It can look like if you have like a friendship that's gone south, it can look like, you know, so many different things. And you have to be conscientious of what are you going to do when someone is taking up that space in your life and you realize that it's compromising your quality of life. And I've been in this situation multiple times and sometimes it's been with family members. I've had it be with clients. I've had it be with friends and it's really, really distracting. And regardless of whether, you know, what category those people fell into, whether it was friends, family, clients, regardless of whether or not it was right in front of my face or behind my back, I had to stop and ask myself a few questions because what I know to be true is that if I don't stop and ask these questions, it gets in the way of me doing the most meaningful work that I can do. And it gets in the way of my most precious relationships and takes away from those relationships because I'm so distracted by this like poor quality relationship. (laughs) So there's three questions I want to invite you to ask yourself when you find yourself in a situation with a hater, whether this is someone being disrespectful, dismissive, diminishing, doubtful, and right in front of your face, whether you suspect it's happening behind your back, or maybe you know for sure someone's told you it's happening behind your back. What are three questions that you can ask yourself that can allow you to work through it in order to move forward and have some clarity so that you can decide how much space you want this to take up in your life and like how much you need to give to this so that it's not taking away from the stuff that's most important to you. So the first question to ask yourself is what is true? So looking through and recognizing like, okay, this person is doing or saying this certain thing. What is true about this? Did I do something harmful to someone? Did I hurt someone? Did I say something offensive? What do I need to own here, if anything? And then how do I want to own that? Do I owe someone an apology? Do I need to make amends? Do I need to like, you know, make sure that I let people know how I'm going to do better next time? Or is there nothing here for me to own? Is this really all about someone else? So sometimes it's looking at like what is true and then the flip side of that, what is untrue? So you might be looking at like, okay, so this person is saying these three things about me and none of them are true or two of the three are true or like one of them is half true, but like they're taking it out of context or whatever. So like identifying what is true, what do you need to own? Do you need, like, have you done harm or is this just noise? Oftentimes it's just noise that's about the other person. So in that process of identifying what's true, then that can lead to another action step. Like, what do you need to own? What do you need to do? Is there something that you need to like fix or get closure around? Sometimes you can get that. Sometimes you can't. I've definitely been in the situation where you do try to, 
either set a boundary or try to like fix something where harm has been done and you may or may not be able to fix it and you may or may not be able to get closure. And that can be really, really challenging. And when you can't get closure around something, when you have no guarantee of how someone is going to act on the other end and no, you know, ability to like take their word for it, that they're going to let anything go and that they might just keep running wild, talking smack about you all over town, which has definitely happened to me, then you have to then decide what are you going to do with that? This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explained. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. So this next question that comes after that is what is this costing me? If you are finding yourself in the situation of 
someone taking up space and time and energy, what is that costing you? Is that costing you other relationships? Is that costing you like just overall quality of life? I've definitely had multiple situations where it has really cost me quality of life, where it's added so much stress and anxiety that I have not been able to sleep well. I haven't been able to take care of myself. I haven't been able to create great content. I haven't been able to show all the way up for my clients to my fullest extent. Where this really caught me a while ago was, and it's actually happened on two different occasions in two different ways, where I caught myself self-editing in a way that I knew I wasn't giving the people who deserve the best of me my very best self. Because I was like trying not to shine too much because I was worried, what if that person, what if that hater sees me shining to my fullest extent here and they call it into question? And so this has happened in two different scenarios one in a more public forum and one in a more private forum where I found myself in the space of self-editing and like, but what if kind of the space of like, but what if they see this or what if they say something to me about this or what if they're like, oh, she's not who she says she is kind of a thing. And what I realized is that the cost to me in both of those scenarios was that I was holding myself back from giving my best to other people. And I actually caught myself in a situation inside of one of my communities where I was doing some coaching. And I was like, oh, I can tell like, I am not giving like my best energy here because I'm really highly conscientious about how someone else might perceive this or say something damaging about my work if they hear me talking right now. And that was a really big eye opener for me where I had to like recognize that one person was getting in my way of helping all these other people. And the other people were so eager for my coaching, for my support, for like everything that I was creating for them. And when I started to recognize that, I was like, oh, hold on. I'm not letting this person have that kind of power. Like the 99.9% of the people who are showing up for my very best deserve to get 110% of me. So I'm not showing up 80% of the way. And as soon as I made that shift, it like really, really changed things for me. I was like, I can't control how this one person is going to perceive something. And if this person wants to go and say a whole bunch of bad things about me, they're going to do that no matter what I say. Like they're going to find a way to find me being wrong no matter what I say. So that was really helpful for me to recognize the cost was that Like, not only was I not getting, not offering the best of myself, but I also was like, not able to have the deepest impact, which is what like everything I do is about doing meaningful work. And so if I can't be doing meaningful work, then like, there's no point in me doing the work at all. I am not someone who's like, let me just show up and give you 47%. (laughs) Like That is just not me. If I'm going to be providing you services, I will give you 147% or I will give you nothing at all, or I will just like not take your money. So that was really eye opening. And then when it came to like a more public forum, um, this was actually with a family member, where I was recognizing that I was like not sharing certain things on social media, because I was afraid certain people were going to see and say things and that it would potentially be really traumatic for me to have to deal with a family member responding to those things. And when I realized that cost again, where I was like, I'm self editing, because I'm afraid that this person's going to see or that someone close to this person's going to see and then like go report it back to them. 
I was like, okay, like this is now getting in the way of your meaningful work in the world. And that's not okay. So this person or a couple of different people, as it turned out in this scenario, are not allowed to see any of the things that you put on social media anywhere. And like, I had to block all of them because I was like, I just can't like risk them being in my sphere and taking and like my content is not relevant to these people anyways. Like none of them are shameless moms. So it's like family members who are not moms. Um, so like they don't need to see my stuff anyways. It's not the people that I'm serving. And it was really getting in the way of how I was showing up and wanting to share with all of you because it was making me kind of second guess different things. And also it was kind of making me, putting me in a position where I was like not telling full stories, shall we say. Like I was needing to tell more complete stories around some things. And I was like, okay, I need to do this like in a way that is meaningful to me because this is going to be meaningful to the work that I do. And therefore I need to be able to manage what some of these people can and cannot see around my work. So the second question for you is what is this costing me? So for me, it costs me time, energy, sleep, and it really costs me my most meaningful work, which then, you know, costs all of you. (laughs) And that's not okay with me. So thinking through what does that cost for you? And then the third question to ask yourself is, after you thought through what is true, what is untrue, what do I need to own all those pieces there, and then you've identified like, what is this costing me? Then asking yourself, who am I becoming and recognizing that how a person is doubting you, disrespecting you, diminishing you, dismissing you might be impeding you from becoming the person you want to become. So if you recognize, if you know who you are becoming and who you want to become and the values that you want to stand in, are you willing to let someone get in your way by giving them space and energy and then ultimately power? So when you can recognize who am I becoming, like for me, if I know that I am becoming someone who can share my message across multiple platforms that can coach people in leadership, I'm not going to sit and shrink when someone is saying dismissive things about me. I'm going to set a clear and firm boundary and I'm going to continue doing my work because that is who I am becoming. And I need to model that because of the work that I do. So being really conscientious of who you are becoming and how you are growing and evolving and then recognizing how a person might be harming or impeding you from becoming the person you want to become. And when you can recognize that sometimes that those things are at odds that like allowing this person to take up space in your life in a certain way or certain capacity is at odds with who you are becoming, then that clarity sometimes can be really illuminating in terms of recognizing like, oh, no, 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 no. Like this person does not get to have a voice. And this is something I've talked a lot with my one-on-one coaching clients around is like whose voice gets to be the loudest. And sometimes we let the wrong people have the loudest voices. And the cost of the wrong people having the loudest voices is that that our voice gets quieter, or that the people who need us the most aren't loud. And like, we don't hear them enough over the other person who's just trying to be louder and squeakier than everyone else. So I hope that that is helpful as you think through who these people might be in your life, and then what is true about them, What's true about the situation? What do you need to own? What do you not need to own? What is their junk? What's not yours? What it's costing you and who you are becoming. So if you know someone who's struggling with a toxic person in their life, a toxic relationship where they're maybe struggling with just how someone has maybe been diminishing them or doubting them in a certain way, please share this episode with them so that they can get some support in moving forward and really showing up as fully as themselves as possible. I will be back on Wednesday with a fantastic interview. I cannot wait to see you then. (music) 
Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.